0: Hi friends, I'm Tierney, I'm Katie, and I'm Shelby, and we're Dead
1: Drunk.
2: Drunk! Happy Halloween! (laughs) (laughs) Pookie, pookie, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> guys,
1: before this episode, we were just like Katie. We have to stop cursing. And I just said, "What's good, bitch?" So, like, my bad. We have to cut, I'm back, I'm on it. cut back on Also, it. I'm fucking back, guys. Look at <laughs> <I know>. me! <laughs> I'm so
0: excited you're here.
1: Thanks. And
0: what a special episode for you to be back.
1: That I'm. It, this actually hits home. Yeah, this one does, and I'll get into that a little bit later.
0: But you know, it's a. Uh, Spooky dookie. It's a spooky one. We decided to actually start off with a Halloween crime that would lead us to a notorious serial killer. Will it? (laughs) I don't know. You'll have to listen to find out. So, Katie, what's the drink this week? The Berserkowitz, which kind of gives it away, but we had to call it that. Because of our Gary Charles Evans. Citizen. I don't
1: even know what a Berserkowitz is. Good. Huh. Keep it that way. It's so an insult
3: I? and I apologize, although I'm betting he can't listen. Yeah. If prison. you're listening, we're sorry.
1: We're
0: just playing,
3: you know.
1: Please don't. I don't really mean don't it as us. an insult. <laughs> I think
3: it's a really good drink name. Thank if you. If that makes you feel any better. Please
1: uh, like, just don't kill us. We love Jesus. He doesn't you. Well, do. <laughs>
0: he loves <laughs> Jesus now too. Okay, okay.
1: let's get hey, into it. Alright, so what you're gonna do is um, what I did is I actually froze some pomegranate juice in a little, little freeze tray because that's how I do. That's who I am as a person. And then you're going to take a few of those ice cubes, pop it in a glass, pour one part Malibu or a coconut w- rum. Cause I love rum. And then you're going to do two parts of lemonade, you're going to splash your grenadine right over the top to make it look real spooky. And there you fucking go. Sorry, I said fucking. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's all right. You're up to three. Thank you. <laughs> it's only the first two minutes. Woo! It's
0: fine. All right. That sounds delicious.
1: Thanks. It's yummy, yummies.
0: Are we ready to start on a so. Halloween case?
1: Dun, 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 dun. All
0: right. So our story starts on a Halloween night in New York City. The year mm-hmm. is 1981. Well, it was probably Boppin. Mm-hmm. So, in an apartment in Greenwich Village, Elizabeth Platzman and Ronald Seisman, are drinking a bottle of wine and having an impromptu photo shoot. Platzman was 20 years old and was a junior art student at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts. Seizman was 39, and he ran a successful photography business out of his apartment. The two had met a few weeks prior and hit it off despite their age difference. Platzman was planning to go to visit her parents the next day, which unfortunately was a trip she never got to make. While the two were drinking, they heard a knock on the door. They weren't expecting any company, nor did the complex expect trick or treaters, so they ignored the knock. After a few minutes, the knock persisted, growing more and more aggressive. Seisman finally opened the door to see a group of people wearing cheap Halloween masks. The group forced their way in and began to bludgeon Platzman and Seisman mercilessly, ransacking their apartment in the process.
1: Oh my god.
0: The police noted that the way the apartment was torn apart, it seemed as if the group was searching for something. Before leaving the scene, Seisman and Platzman were shot once, each in the back of the head, execution style.
1: Holy fuck. Sorry, I said it again.
0: Four. (laughs) Their IDs had been taken, and missing from the apartment also was a 25 caliber pistol that was registered to Seisman. This was believed to have been the murder weapon. That's rough. At first, police believed that the crime was drug-related. Seisman had previous drug accusations, and it was an obvious lead for investigators. However, a new lead soon came in that would shock detectives and flip this case on its head. Hi, friends. This week, we'd like to tell you about a podcast we love called Real Life, Real Crime, hosted by Woody Overton, a career veteran law enforcement professional from southern Louisiana. His episodes are always unscripted, he doesn't use any notes, and the stories are uncensored and unfiltered. They include the raw facts that he actually saw and details that were told to him by the victims of the crime or the perpetrators who committed the crimes. If that's not enough to get you to listen, check out this promo from Woody himself.
2: Woody Overton, the host of
3: Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Join me each week to hear true and unscripted stories of the cases I actually worked during my career as a major crime investigator in South Louisiana. Go to realliferealcrime.com where you can listen to each week's episodes and find links to our social media. I appreciate y'all.
2: Don't let me catch you down on Murder by
0: All right, friends, back to the case. An informant from Rikers Island, a notorious New York City jail, claimed that one of his fellow inmates had successfully predicted this incident. This man was an inmate that was serving a life sentence for the murders of six people and the injuries of seven others. This man was
1: David Berkowitz, or as you may know him, the son of Sam. Berkowitz began his first attacks on Christmas Eve of 1975, when he attacked two women with a knife. One of these victims were never identified. However, the other, Michelle Foreman, was hospitalized, eventually surviving the attack, but Berkowitz was never charged. The next summer, Berkowitz moved to Yonkers and began a spree of shootings that would terrify New Yorkers for years to come. At first, the killings appeared random as teenagers Jody Valenti, and Donna Luria were shot while sitting in their car. Luria did not survive the attack. The shooting received very little coverage because it seemed as if someone just had acted randomly. Later, police would connect these shootings to other murders. The October 23rd shooting of Carl Narrow and Rosemary Keaton mm-hmm who were also shot in their car. And the November 26 shooting of Donna DeMassi and Joanne Lamino, who were walking in downtown Queens on their way back from the movies. These incidents continued. In January of 1987, engaged couple Christine Frund and John Deal were shot in their parked car, which was when police were able to discover that the weapon, a 44 caliber Charter Arms Bulldog Revolver had been a common denominator in all of the shootings. Police were also able to determine a pattern because the victims were mostly targeted in parked cars, and the female victims all had long, dark hair, so I'm fucked. Five. (laughs) In March of 77, Virginia Voskrisian was shot and killed by someone passing her on the street in Queens, New York. She died instantly. The shells from the bullet matched the same gun as used in the other attacks. At this point,
3: thousands of people were being interviewed in connection with this string of attacks, but police had no luck. On April 16, 1977, Alexander Eshoo and Valentina Suriani were killed just blocks from some of the other attacks. Near the bodies, police found a letter
0: addressed to Captain Joe Borelli. It read... I am deeply hurt by you calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I'm a little brat. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats our family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kills, commands Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest. Mostly young. Raped and slaughtered. Their, bo- their their blood drained. Just bones now. Pop Sam keeps me locked in the attic, too. I can't get out. But I look to the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everybody else. Programmed to kill. However... To stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police. Shoot me first. Shoot to kill or else keep out of my way or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has too many heart attacks. Ah, me hoot, it hurts, sunny boy. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house. But I'll see her soon. I am the monster, Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth. I love to hunt, prowling the streets looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt, my life, blood for Papa. Mr. Borelli, sir, I don't want to kill any more. No, sir, no more, but I must honor thy father. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on earth. Return me to yahoos. To the people of Queens, I love you, and I want to wish you all a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and in the next, and for now I say goodbye and goodnight. Police. Let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bang. Ah. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster.
3: That was a lot. That's some sign-off, though. I know.
0: Yours in murder,
3: Mr. Monster. Just for context, Beelzebub is one of the demons of hell. Mm. Like, just under the devil. So spooky. Love that. So he... Had some knowledge of the Bible, or he just heard the name somewhere. I guess. Yeah. Mm. This letter, if you couldn't hear it, uh, has many spelling errors. So so many words yep. are misspelled, and Wee-man. so many words don't make sense. Yeah, "women" is spelled "weemen," <laughs> and I don't know what "yahoos" is. Yeah. Um, mm. But this is the letter that earned Berkowitz his nickname, "Son of Sam." That same day, there was another shooting. Sal Lupo and Jody Placido were sitting in their car discussing how scary Son of Sam is. They were scared because he comes out of nowhere and you never know where he'll hit next. As they uttered those words, gunshots came through their car, injuring them,
0: but not killing them. That's crazy. Like, can you imagine, you're just like, talking like i can't believe this guy could be anywhere and bang bang,
1: bang, bang. like oh my god it's like any <laughs> any scary movie that you're watching yeah that's like, like, from like a that movie. would never happen yep. that could never happen but here they are
0: but Well,
3: they said his name they summoned him yeah mm-hmm. i guess so Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> nope <laughs> because by this time police were able to develop a few composite sketches because of the number of surviving victims as well as witnesses on the streets some of the descriptions however were very different One consistent description matched Berkowitz. Medium height, pudgy, short, curly, dark hair. Pudgy is a terrible descriptive adjective. (laughs) However, there was another description that was very different. A tall, slim man with long, blonde hair. This led police to believe that the killer may not have been acting alone. In May of 77, another letter was written by the killer. This time to Jimmy Breslin of New York Daily News. Some of the contents of the letter were withheld by police. However, they
0: did publish some of it, and it read, Hello from the gutters of NYC, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. Hello from the sewers of NYC which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks. Hello from the cracks in the sidewalks of NYC and from the ants that dwell in these cracks and feed in the dried blood of the dead that has settled into the cracks. He then noted that he was a fan of Breslin, saying, JB, I also want to tell you that I read your column daily and find it quite informative. What will you have for July 29th? And July 29th? Uh, is the anniversary of the first forty-four caliber shooting. So he was referencing his own murder.
3: Ooh, one year and one day after the first shooting on July thirtieth of nineteen seventy-seven, son of Sam struck again. Robert Violente and Stacy Moskowitz were shot in their car. This time in Brooklyn. Stacy passed away while Robert survived. However, he was blinded from the attack. On the night of this attack, a witness came forward saying she saw a man in the area removing a parking ticket from his car. She thought that he may be a valuable witness, and police agreed. They were able to determine that the man who had received the ticket was David Berkowitz.
1: Oh, my fuck. Sorry, nine. Police went to Berkowitz's
3: residence and looked into his car that was parked on the street. In the back seat, police finally found what they were looking for, the forty-four caliber pistol, as well as maps of the crime scenes. They waited outside for Berkowitz, and when he emerged from his residence, they immediately arrested him. Upon his arrest, Berkowitz simply said, What took you so long?
1: Police also found a journal in Berkowitz's apartment, confessing to many arsons in the state of New York. They also found graffiti on the walls that made police think he may be a part of some sort of cult. During his trial, Berkowitz did not help himself. Throughout the trial, he audibly mumbled, Stacy was a whore, over and over again. He was most likely referring to Stacy Moskowitz, his final victim. He was then sentenced to six life sentences, meaning that the maximum time he'll spend in jail is 365 years. In prison, David Berkowitz earned the name Berserkerwitz, as we previously mentioned in our case about Gary Charles Evans, which was the inspiration for this week's string. Throughout his prison sentence, Berkowitz has also
0: survived attacks on his life that he claims are coming from people in the cults that he used to be a part of. This cult is rumored to be involved in the murder of Elizabeth Plotzman and Ronald Seisman from the beginning of our story although their case remains unsolved to this day. Seisman was rumored to have a video of one of the Son of Sam killings that the cult had hired him to film. Seisman, however, was unaware of the contents of the video before agreeing, which, like, you should never do that. Like, always read the fine print, Seisman. But anyway. (laughs) And after, he didn't feel too great about it. He was obviously not okay with the fact that he now had like a snuff film on Mm -hmm. his camera. So because of Seisman's connection to drugs, the cult was afraid that he would use the video as leverage if he were ever to be arrested.
1: Makes sense actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's one reason the police think that the cult is connected to their murders. Another reason for this rumored cult connection was the fact that the IDs of Platzman and Seisman had been taken which in cult scenarios is very common to prove that they killed the right people that they had been asked to kill. The fact that Berkowitz was able to describe this crime before it happened, as well as accurately describe the residence of Seisman, allows many people to believe that this indeed was a ritualistic murder for this cult that he was a part of.
1: Let's just not join cults, guys. Don't join cults. If you're in a cult, don't look for us and don't kill us. That's
0: actually a
3: lesson that Berkowitz (laughs) would like to teach you himself uh since his imprisonment berkowitz has found god as we mentioned earlier he describes himself as a changed man and actually prefers to go by the name son of hope now he claims that he wasn't himself when he committed these murders it sounds a bit like possession the way he describes it but um regardless He admits to struggling with his mental health in the past, and although there's no excuse for these brutal attacks, which he does admit, it seems that he's found repentance for his crimes. More interestingly, there's a website called ariseandshine.org, which focuses on Berkowitz, now the son of Hope, and on that website, you can read through his journals, his prison journals, which go up until last month of this year, actually, so September 2019, And we will probably keep updating for as long as he keeps writing. You can also read through his life story or listen to him tell it. You can read through Berkowitz's testimony and even the transcript from his 2016 parole hearing. But don't worry, he didn't go to the hearing to seek parole. Instead, he went for a number of other reasons which are listed in the transcript. I won't read all of them to you. Four of his six reasons are to show his continual sadness and remorse. To apologize again for his actions and ask for forgiveness from the families and all the people he hurt. The last few reasons are to detail his accomplishments over his 39 years of incarceration and express his hope for the future, even if it's gonna be behind bars. He states that he's done a lot of good for the other inmates, he's helped a lot of other people find God, and he helps the guards out whenever he can. And you can read all the rest for yourself on the website, but I wanted to share his apology which he wrote in 2007. As I have communicated many times throughout the years, I am deeply sorry for the pain, suffering, and sorrow I have brought upon the victims of my crimes. I grieve for those who are wounded and for the family members of those who lost a loved one because of my selfish actions. I regret what I've done, and I'm haunted by it. Not a day goes by that I do not think about the suffering I have brought to so many. Likewise, I cannot even comprehend all the grief and pain they live with now and these individuals have every right to be angry with me, too. Nevertheless, I apologize for the crimes I committed. My continual prayer is that, as much as is possible, these hurting individuals can go on with their lives. In addition, I am not writing this apology for pity or sympathy. I simply believe that such an apology is the right thing to do. And by the grace of God, I hope to do my very best to make amends whenever and wherever possible, both to society and to my victims. David Berkowitz.
0: I feel like, again, I'm not going to say that, like, oh, there's an excuse for everything he did. But number one, the fact that he talks so much about his mental health and how he struggles with that, because I did watch some of the videos. Mm. Number two, just how genuine he seems in those videos. I just feel like he really is sorry for everything.
2: Well,
3: when you read that first letter, it really sounded like...
1: He was pretty fucked up. He (laughs) needed help
3: and he... Yeah. He needed help and he was asking for help and he didn't know yeah yeah where to, to go it. to get right. it and in he, some of the
0: research i did it's there were professionals that read that first letter and said this sounds like the work of a paranoid schizophrenic yeah mm. and that's and I mean, it he, does he, and
3: yeah. if you are that you don't know that you're that so he really was working on a different wavelength than everybody else in new york city yeah. and i can't imagine how terrifying that must feel yeah, yeah.
1: That, so or he's even more crazy than we know i really think that it was i really i believe that he is
3: is where he belongs i agree i I definitely agree. he seems to be doing great where he is he knows that he's not getting out he's not asking to get out he's just and he stated i i read a couple of the journal entries that he's just trying to do as much good as he can do where he is yeah which is fine if that's rehabilitating other people then go for it
1: yeah i agree Guys, earlier in this episode, I said that I kind of have a connection to this case, and it's not really me. It's my mom's. Peggy. Shout out, Peg. Me and my mom bond over true crime quite a bit, and I was listening to a few podcasts. So we were talking about Sierra Killers, and she, like, my mom is so sweet, but out of nowhere, she, she's, like, doing dishes. She's making dinner, and she's just like, you know... You know, that David Berkswitz, you know, he almost killed me. I'm just like, what the fuck, Peg? Like, what is... Eleven. Like, out of <laughs> so, nowhere. So
3: nonchalantly, too. <laughs> like, uh,
1: and no. I was just like, what are you talking about? Because I didn't believe... I thought that she was messing with me at first, but uh, she was telling me uh, she, was in, she was living in the city at the time. She was walking around Yonkers with a few of her friends and a few of your friends were with couples it was said in one report that i read i'm not sure if it's true or not it said that david berkowitz like kind of was semi-triggered by pretty women and couples yeah you know? a lot
0: of his victims were couples in their cars yeah so and a lot of the times only one of them would die but he would t- he would target couples. that yeah, makes yeah. a lot of sense though because only
3: really only the person that's closest to him is going to get fully you know like you can't make sure that you're i don't know i don't want to talk about the logistics of shooting (laughs) somebody in a car but But, go ahead
1: anyway uh so they were walking away in yonkers and they heard gunshots and they saw the bullets fly past their fucking heads and they just started running down a hill my mom just described that she started running and like never before and then they found out the next day in the papers, it was the son of Sam. I'm not completely sure. All I am glad is that, you know, he it didn't murder my mom and I'm alive today yeah, to tell you the uh-huh. story about how fucked up this dude was.
3: Yeah. It's it's crazy. And if you were keeping count, that's 12 for you listeners at home.
1: 13 is uh-huh. the lucky number. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. You can't say it again now.
3: Okay. So All in right. the spirit of Halloween, that's 13
0: tequila shots for everybody at home. Go ahead, everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't try. Um,
0: why don't we, for our caboose, share our Halloween costumes? Should we? Should we first talk about how I dressed as our podcast to a karaoke party and yes. won, I won a prize? Probably <laughs> just because our so... friends are screaming so much. It Everybody was, was so pissed about it. I know because it, it was me dressed as dead drunk, and I just had, I was drunk and I had our merch on and like some blood, and I was up against a guy who was dressed as a one night stand. And it was so creative and amazing. And it was her most original and he like definitely should have won. But oh, I yeah. guess my
3: last
0: funniest he won funniest. Yeah, he won funniest. So it's fine. But uh, I guess our friends just cheered loud enough and everyone was pissed because I definitely shouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. But like it was pretty good. I, I promoted our our shit. So if you're listening because you were there, then like, hi.
1: This is all new to me because I blacked out. Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. You you won sexiest. Oh, Did I you know have, that? I love that. Yeah, you won sexiest. You want a hat? I have it. Oh, I'm so oh, good. We oh, know oh, where the hat so is no. So I I, I have w- your gift card. I want a hat. <laughs> you have a gift card too? I don't know. Yeah, so what? Like, to cousins? Well, that's dope. We yeah. gotta go back to cousins. And I had a g-
0: I got a gift card to Canada. That's care.
3: cousins ale you guys. Cousins Aleworks is in Wappingers, so if you're around.
0: They're, they're
3: a pretty good place. They're pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Like they're it. not bad. They're It's diggable. But, it's diggable, um, yeah. So County Fair, though. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> their food is <laughs> amazing.
3: I'm so sorry I said, I got us up to 14. That's me, though. So that's like, <laughs> the that count, the body count. So
1: <laughs> it's not a body count. So, yeah. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a dark anyway. angel because I'm not creative, and I just like wearing uh, kind of slutty stuff, but not too slutty. Well, that's
2: how you won. Yeah, that's yeah. how you want sexy. You nailed it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that's it. how you're kind of slutty, but not at all. Like um, <laughs> no, like you about nailed it.
3: I mean, I dressed as Harley Quinn. And I finally got the jumpsuit I've always wanted, and I, think I felt it awesome. And I went out to other places that no one was dressed up at, <laughs> yeah. and I felt great. It, it was, was the, fine. It was the most confidence you'll in a in a costume is the most confidence I'll ever have.
0: It was amazing. I love that journey for you. Are Thank
3: you, okay? you. Yeah. Yeah. You, no, I'm okay. I'm just not a confident person a in public. <laughs>
1: I'm, so I'm sorry. secretly a furry. I was a, I was a
3: person. Today though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Today, she does have a tail. Today Shelby and I are dressed as um well I am a Tom Brady that's <laughs> crying blood tears
1: because he's a crybaby. Because he's
0: a crybaby and I think I'm just going to walk around and kiss everybody on the mouth.
1: At his son. And
0: I am Squirrel Edelman. Julian Edelman
3: calls himself the squirrel because he's always going to get that nut. And he uh, calls same. Tom Brady the goat. And he actually wrote a children's book in which a squirrel named Jules gets help from a goat named Tom to feel better about himself. Oh, my fucking God.
0: Yeah, oh, so fuck. I So I have some goat antlers on. Ignore that. Um, I have a, a squirrel. Even too. though this is the real goat.
1: I wanted to be a cheerleader for them this week, but um, we didn't have any of the material. So I guess I'm just a dark angel again. <laughs> so... Not I original. told my
3: other friend to put on a sweatshirt, some headset, a headset, and a bad attitude and come as Bill Belichick.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say me! <laughs> I thought you were going to be like a headset, bad attitude, and order some tequila shots and bang, you're Katie from Dead <laughs> No. Do you want to hear a funnier story? Because I just heard it today.
3: Wait, yes. It's uh, Julian Edelman and one of his first encounters with Bill Belichick. He couldn't remember the exact year, but it was probably... a. His first year or one of his first years at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, that's their stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And he was in there, and he likes to hang out there late because he likes the ice baths and stuff. So he was heading into the hot tub area, and Coach was in there. And, and he, he was making out with Tom Brady.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Spoiler alert.
3: No. <laughs> okay. He was in there by himself, but...
0: Julian Edelman. He was I don't, masturbating the pictures of Tom Brady. I don't know if you've mean? ever seen
3: Bill Belichick, <laughs> but like if I saw him in person, that look that's like the most terrifying <laughs> man. I don't know. He looks terrifying. But yeah. so Julian Edelman was like, he already saw me. We made eye contact. So I couldn't do what I was gonna do, which was duck out and like run. But so I went in because I was he was obviously going to use the hot tub. So he goes in. Use the hot tub, and Belichick stands up. And typically, you're supposed to wear shorts. Oh no! <laughs> no I knew that this is where this is
0: going. I told you he was masturbating to pictures of Tom Brady, <laughs> <laughs> or Tom, and then Tom Brady pokes his head up from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> <knees. laughs>
1: oh God! Oh God! And that's why he was really crying.
3: <laughs> that's why he's the quarterback.
1: <laughs>
3: no, and then and then they. He got in the hot tub, and he was like, okay, that was weird. And then he tries to leave without running into Belichick again, but there's two hallways that lead to the exit, and Belichick is coming down the other hallway. And uh. so they end up walking out together, but Edelman keeps a like a foot of distance between him and Belichick. And then he's like, I should say something. And he goes... Oh, it's it's really cool that you're here this late, coach. And he turns to him without a second of hesitation and goes, Who beats being a plumber? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. he's so weird. What, <laughs> a, awkward, what a
0: funny guy. And that's your Patriots story for the week.
1: So happy Halloween. Oh, you know what
0: we forgot to say? What? But David Berkowitz's crimes are all inspired by a hollow note song called Rich Girl. That doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, that how are
3: they? How? What?
1: Well, <laughs> at, at Charles Manson, why were all those? Because there's the part that's the like. I, I can't feel pain <laughs> uh, there's so much to give because you'd rather live for the thrill of it all. Ah, uh, see, that makes sense.
3: This song makes less sense than the inspiration to kill John Lennon. Like this, you rich,
1: girl. <laughs> i mean reading catcher and in the, the rye also made me
3: murderous way. but like i didn't because know where to direct the rage man, so she just <laughs> I'm
0: on old man money, we can't,
3: can't go one girl. fucking
0: episode all right so please follow us on our instagram at dead drunk crime we post all of our drink recipes there we post cool videos We post memes. We love memes. We post, sometimes we post teasers of our episodes. We post pictures of the victims and the suspects and all of that cool stuff.
3: And sometimes pictures of us and and my dog.
0: Yeah, definitely pictures of Jenny. Um, Please tag us if you decide to recreate any of our cocktails. We would love to see what you come up with. Mm -hmm. You can go to our website for our sources and for other information about the cases that we cover. It is DEA drunk crime dot home dot blog. You can also email us case suggestions if you have something that you want us to either discuss or cover or anything like that uh, to dead drunk pod at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll do it. And we have merch. I will put the link in the show notes. It's also on our Instagram, in our bio. You can buy our logo on stuff, hats. Uh, shirts, sweatshirts. That's uh, cool. Sweatshirts, mason jar cup, so that you could drink your cocktails out of it while you are listening.
3: Which is perfect. Sweatshirts and mason jars, perfect for the fall. Yeah, get them I mean, while they're hot. So.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks. Bye, mom. Bye. Yo, yo, yo. So, uh this is gonna be our karaoke version of "Rich Girl." We're just gonna do one take. It's gonna go great. It's probably not gonna go great. But uh here goes David Bergwitz shout out to you Here we go
2: You're a rich girl and you've gone too far cuz you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl but it's gone too far cuz you know it don't matter anyway the Same money but it won't get you too far get you too far Don't you know, don't you know that it's wrong to take what he's given you so far gone on your own. But you can get along if you try to be strong, but you'll never be strong, cause you're a rich girl, and you've gone too far, because you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money, you can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch, girl, and it's gone too far cuz you know it don't matter anyway. Same money, but it won't get you too far, get you too far. Hi and enjoy- much to give because you'd rather live for the thrill of it all oh. you're a rich girl and you're gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway and you can rely on the old man's money you can rely on the old man's money it's a bitch girl and it's gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway yeah say money but you won't get it too far get you far <laughs> say money but it won't get you too far get you too far you say you can rely on the old man's money you can rely on the old man's money you're a rich girl rich girl rich girl oh you're a rich rich girl oh, rich girl <laughs> rich girl
3: <laughs> 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 Woo!
2: I oh think that ending
3: it. was a bit of a <laughs> i loved it
2: I loved it. I loved it. All right. Bye, Mom. I hope David Berkowitz loves it. Bye. (laughs)